Welcome back to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. I'm Graham Young. And I'm Rob Schulte. And today we'll be discussing part two of our Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, directed by Toby Hooper. Was there anything from the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre or the third that you just feel like you left out last episode? Because there is one thing I feel like I should talk about. Okay, well, how about you go first, and then if I think of something after your uh, your thought, then I'll add to it. I really wish there would have been consistent Leatherface teeth. Oh, in part one. I mean, throughout- Oh, throughout the series. All okay. The, all the series. Yeah, well, I just figured they could have given him a mouth guard with the same look and teeth, but each movie, his teeth are fucked up in a new way. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think they would take the false teeth and save them. Uh, from the or just film. make them look like the last yeah, one. Yeah, I really did, hadn't noticed that, but I might I might go back and take another look at that. You know I'm a man of details, Graham. Yeah, yeah. Okay, everybody, hush up. Listen up, y'all. So I've talked to people that, uh, lots of people actually, that have felt that part two was a letdown, and it's certainly not as good as the first one, but Rob, I'll, I'll make no secret about it. I, I love this film. It's great. And the reason why is because it's not supposed to be the same film. I would think. Like, I, I have a feel. It's what, 10 years later? Something like that? I think it's actually 12 years later. Menachem and Yoram Globin wanted uh, Toby to do a, another Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. And he was at a totally different place in his life by this point. I think Texas Chainsaw 1 is kind of like capturing lightning in a bottle. So making Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 its own thing, for me, worked out great. And it's a really crazy, bizarro, fun uh, movie with a great pace. There's You're never bored throughout the, the film. There were some parts that I think went on a little too long, but that's not a, a kick at the movie. It's just uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Now, before we go further, let's do this user-generated storyline on IMDb. Gotcha. Radio DJ Vanita Stretch Brock's open request night is plagued by the annoying phone pranking of two road-tripping party-heart hoodlums, and boy are they. But things take a disturbing turn when the hoodlums meet their demise at the hands of a familiar chainsaw-wielding maniac. With the entire gruesome ordeal recorded on tape, Stretch seeks out the help of former Texas Marshal who's on a personal quest of vengeance against this family of cannibals. While at first he turns her down, he eventually decides to use her tape to his advantage, asking her to air it during his request block, effectively baiting the cannibals to the radio station where he'll personally deal with them. Written by Flicks Fanatic. Flicks Fanatic. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty decent. But there's so much, so much more to this film. Here's the thing: it is complete. It's it's almost the complete opposite of the first film, but in the same way, the film really works. And for anybody that was disappointed with the amount of gore in the first film, they certainly make up for that in the second film. Boy, howdy. That's a Texas phrase, right? Yes, it is. Um, and maybe some of the scenes that you thought went on a little bit too long involved uh, more of the gory gory side, Rob? Well, gory and somewhat sexual to a point that it didn't need to necessarily go. Oh, are you talking about the chainsaw scene? <laughs> yeah, Duh. yeah. Duh. I mean, 
That is the stupidest thing to say when you're talking about a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the chainsaw scene? Ugh. But I think that everything is turned up to 11 on this. Yeah. And so it kind of works for me. Uh, but I know what you're saying. It it drags just a little bit, but it's still... It, I, I don't think the film ever loses me. There's uh, a scene where um, I th- that I thought you were talking about, Rob, where a person is is skinned alive. Uh, yeah, play- that's that's rough. But pl- played by um, I just want to say one of my favorite Texas actors, Lou Perryman. Uh, he's no longer with us, but we're thinking about Lou always here in Texas. Uh, is he- Lou who I mistake mistook for Bob Shea? Yeah, according to Rob, uh, Lou Perryman looks exactly like a young Bob Shea. I thought he I thought he, he looked very similar to Bob Shea, specifically when he's in the leather bar in uh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. I don't like that ending. People might recognize Lou from uh, the whole shooting match movie I mentioned last episode. It's great, so check it out. Now, Graham, let's get into this one. Yeah, you're, right away you're, you're hit with these 80s douchebags driving a car. Then you're hit with Leatherface and his brother or cohorts, like crazily speeding up and like attacking their car with a chainsaw. I drive across that bridge occasionally at night, Rob. Every time you're on that bridge at night alone, you're always looking at the car behind you and waiting (laughs) for him to speed up and and whack your head off with a chainsaw. Are you frightening? I love that opening scene. Uh, I think it sets the pace for the rest of the film that this is going to be a wacky film. And another one of the most interesting aspects of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 to me is that it takes place during the Red River Shootout, which is the football game between UT football and Oklahoma. And if you look carefully in a hotel uh, scene, one of the uh, UT party goers is Toby Hooper himself. Oh, wow. I didn't notice that. He tosses a beer can down a hallway, I believe. Is that why everyone's just partying in that hotel? Well, here's the thing. Having lived in Austin, Texas for three years now, um, the football games in this city is are just insane, you know, with UT football. So it would be a good distraction for a murderer to be going around. I just, I just felt like that was perfect. Thousands of dollars lost. You got that kind of money? No. But we learn new stuff about the family in this one. Like, there's a whole underground facility for making their barbecue. Yeah. Um, and so they have, like, secret passages all over the place. Yeah. Basically, the last act of the film takes place in this underground layer uh, of the family. And it is some of the best art direction I've ever seen in a movie. It's so well done. And they probably didn't have... A hell of a lot of money to shoot this movie so they were able to come up with some pretty inventive things uh on the cheap it looked it looks amazing i think they really lean into the like sexual nature of uh leatherface almost to a fault but well what do you think about that well i i mean they're definitely making fun of sort of like um coming of age sex sort of comedies. I mean, if you look at the tr- the poster for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, it, it it's all of the the characters of the family positioned just like the characters in The Breakfast Club. This is a play on those like coming of age films like John Hughes movies, is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, I think that Toby Hooper was making fun of everyone he didn't like in cinema at that time. 
and, <laughs> and John Hughes is one of them. And I agree. I think the only film from John Hughes that I really like is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, hey, I like I like me. Uh, we'll, People like me. Why my wife likes me? Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. We'll get into John Hughes. Maybe I don't know if this is a horror film show, so I don't know if we will, but maybe every, on some bonus episodes. Yeah, exactly. But I just want to say, like, everyone seems to worship the guy, and I'm kind of left saying, uh, what's the big deal? I think that uh, Toby and I may have agreed on the fact that uh, those movies were actually kind of lame. Are you mad at me? There's that long scene of him, like, touching Stretch, Caroline Williams' character, like, you know, in the crotch with the chainsaw, and then she's like, you know, trying to use that to her advantage to not die. And it seems very long and drawn out for something that is fairly obvious. You know what I mean? True. But if you want to read too much into the very end where um, I can't remember her character's name, but Caroline Williams. Stretch. Stretch, that's right. So the Stretch character um, is wielding the chainsaw above her head, almost like she has uh, command of the yes. uh, penis. Yes. Of the penis. Yes. yes, the command. This is a female empowerment film. But is that like, and I'm not trying to call you, I'm just like, is that a joke? Or like, because it is a female empowerment film, but like, where does that connection happen? I'm, I'm, no, I know what you're I'm saying. Having... It's it's like, it's everything. It's both. I don't think there's just one answer. I think that it is in some ways classless, in some ways kind of brainy. It's it's just a, a weird thing that works. And and um, I think with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, it's a film that only Toby Hooper could make. Yeah. Could pull that off. For sure. Know? I mean, the, the same way like William Lustig's the only person who could do Maniac Cop 2. Yes, now, and unfortunately, part three. Well, yeah, but I mean, anyone could have done part three. Yes. Not anyone would have the gumption to quit. Yeah. But I, I do think, okay, so so I think it's important to note that like everything about this film is, from what I've learned and what I think I, I understand is that it is just Toby Hooper, like you said, making fun of the things he didn't like in Hollywood and then also saying, like, you know what? I can do this crazy thing that you never would, and it would work. You know, like ending the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 the way it ended. And I, I also think it's, like, Toby Hooper kind of giving, like, a middle finger to, like, Hollywood. Like, Yeah, yeah. You motherfuckers keep on asking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Well, if that's what you want, here's what you get. Look what you did to my son in Bono, Now, let me ask you a question, okay? The new character, brother who went to war, right? Yeah, Bill Mosley. Is that the hitchhiker? It's supposed to be, I think. I, I've never been really clear about that. He has uh, several of the same scars that the hitchhiker yeah. has on his face, which leads me to believe that that is that character. I know that the actor who played the hitchhiker in the first film was a Vietnam War veteran. He's essentially supposed to be the same character. Whereas in part three that we've already talked about last week, it's just a whole new crop of characters. Pretty much. I mean, they sort of, in part three, I believe they have the same character with the plate in his head, but now he's got like a, a hook for a hand as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so they kind of mess with that character a little bit. Well, it looks like you just got a present for a job you didn't finish. There's no real continuity between two and three. There's some between one and two, but it's all about family. Couldn't say it better than that, Graham. But the family is just not there for part three. I don't. I just keep coming back to it. I went back to the IMDb page just to make sure that Toby Hooper wasn't the official writer. He's just the characters. Yeah, I believe that the writers from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 are responsible for Texas Chainsaw 3. That would be David Shaw. He did The Crow. He did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2006. Okay. The the beginning. Yeah. Critters 4, Critters 3. Okay, I know that someone involved with Part 5 was involved in Part 3, but I just Seems like it would be... New Line Cinema. Yeah, uh, New Line Cinema. So yeah, um, big difference between part two and three. Part two is a canon movie. It falls into their collection of films that are are just off the wall. So I think it it fits in the canon collection. Toby Hooper made uh, three films for canon. He did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Life Force, and then he did uh, Invaders from Mars, the remake. The saw is family. It's family. Why don't granddad hears about this? Well, Graham, do you have any other final thoughts on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2? Give it a chance. If you like the first one, just know that it's a lot different. But if you're looking for a film from Toby Hooper that's kind of similar, I would recommend checking out this movie called Eaten Alive. And it was Toby's follow-up to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, came out in 1976. And it's a damn good film about a man who owns a hotel and throws his customers into an alligator pit. Sounds great, Graham. And I would recommend, if you'd like to see a Toby Hooper-directed film that also stars Craig T. Nelson, Yeah, to go watch Poltergeist. Poltergeist is a goddamn classic. Um, it For me, it's in uh, top three haunted house stories or films of all time. Graham, and I know we had more to talk about involving Poltergeist on their uh, Toby Hooper yes. episode. So uh, if people would like to hear more about Poltergeist, may I direct you back to the catalog? And Rob and I, in that episode, didn't become to an agreement on who actually directed the movie. Ah, uh, Yes. So, if you want to know who actually directed Poltergeist, listen to that episode. All right. Um, Well, next week we start gearing up for uh, the autumn time. Graham, it's almost here. Yes. Uh, Thanks for showing me a good time in Texas. Yes. Yes. As always, uh, you're always welcome. We, you know, we didn't give a break in the middle of this one, so we'll just say it at the end. You know, thanks for listening. And we have a Patreon page you can go to, Pumpkin Spice Podcast. Or, you know, if you, you know what? If you feel like donating, it's only five bucks to get some bonus episodes from us. And being the first to jump on there means that you pretty much have control over the direction of our bonus episodes. But if you can't do that, I completely understand. And the bonus uh, episodes, we're wanting to get a little deep. De- some deep tracks, possibly some discussions. So, oh, so deep. You'll need yeah. to wear waiters. I'm talking. I'm talking. But if you can't do that, a uh, rating and review on Apple Podcasts would be great. And if you don't feel like even doing that, 
How about you just tell a friend? Um, and I'd also like to add that if you need something to in your life to complain about, you can listen to oh, the show and write us and write us to a complain. complain. Yeah, let us know what an awful job we're we're doing. Uh, we would certainly love to read about it. Yeah, and as you'll quickly find, Graham does not use social media. I use Facebook begrudgingly. But we do have a Facebook discussion group. It's closed, so you don't get ads for sunglasses and such in there. It's just fun discussions about movies of any way, shape, or form. There aren't jerks in there. It's all nice people. Yep, that's true. No tolerance. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.